Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. But in the in the Gospels, I'm going to lay this up here and, and, and try my best to kind of um, introduce this, this book of Matthew. There's no possible way to bring about the context of Matthew in, in one session. I could preach on Matthew for six months, maybe more. And matter of fact, when we get done with this year, I don't know that we might not go through the Gospels and just dig into what Jesus is doing in the Gospels because there's so much in these, these four books. So what I want to do is give an overview, and then we're going to give you time to talk about a couple of things. And again, like Joey said, if you're introverted, you're like, oh my gosh, we're going to talk to each other? Yes, that's what Christians do. We have relationships with each other. We're going to talk to each other like normal people do, and not on the phone, and not from a text, and not an emoji, happy face, smiley face, trying to read between lines, are you mad or happy or sad? I don't know. We're going to actually talk to one another. It's a, it's a, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, we're going to do it. So... When you, when you get to Matthew, let me just say that if you're going to read the book of Matthew this week, I'm going to let you know, you need to read approximately five chapters a day to get through Matthew in a week. That's if you take one day off. Now, if you want to read every day, four and a half, okay? But if you, if you want to knock it out, if you, if you get behind, you'll be like, oh man, now I got to read 15 chapters and, and you will miss maybe the, the, the impact of what Jesus might want to say to you through the gospels. So five, just five a day, and that's plenty. It's not, it doesn't take that long, but about five a day, it'll get you through the week, but it'll allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, okay? But I want to give you an overview of this, and my team, they, this last, I don't know, a couple of weeks back, when we started talking about how to make this happen, we were talking about how do we do this where um, we can talk about this and give you guys time to discuss the Bible, and one of them sparked this thing that had been in my heart for a while, so I just took it as the Lord, and because uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while, I hadn't been able to. And one of them made mention of this idea that, that you may have heard before about Jesus being revealed in each of the Gospels as something from Ezekiel and something from Revelation. And so I'm going to read this to you today, and we're going to talk about this in the context of the life of Jesus, but in the life of Jesus, how he's revealed to us in four different areas. Okay, so let me read you the prophetic word from Ezekiel and Revelation, and then we'll break this down and you're going to talk about it, okay? So Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 10 it says this, each of these, this is prophetic from Ezekiel, he's talking about this creature that he's seeing. He said, each of these that I've seen, they had a human face in the front, the face of a lion on the right side, the face of an ox on the left side, and the face of an eagle at the back. In Revelation, John picks up on this same thing that he sees in the book of Revelation. He says it like this, he says, the first of these creatures that I'm seeing, the first of these living beings, it was like a lion. The second was like an ox, and the third a human, had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle. Lion, ox, human, or a man, lion, ox, human, and eagle. These are the four things, or the four faces, really, that are revealed about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, in each one of these Gospels. Matthew will reveal the lion. We're going to talk about that today. But Matthew will reveal the lion. And when you look at Mark, Mark's going to reveal the ox, and we're going to talk about the date, but that's what he's going to reveal. When you look at Luke, Luke's going to reveal the man, Jesus, the man. And then when you get to John, you're going to see the eagle. But every one of these has a revelation about Jesus that I can't get into all this so deep, but I think this will give a great overview. So let's talk a little bit about this, the lion. What does the lion represent? Well, the lion represents the king 
and his kingdom. Matthew, over any other gospel writer, brings about this idea that Jesus is the king of his kingdom. And he came to set up a kingdom that is not like this kingdom. It doesn't run by the same rules. It doesn't, it's not affected by this kingdom at all. But he wanted everybody to know when I come here, like this, this man, Jesus, Luke's going to give you something else. John's going to give you something. You know, Mark's going to give you something. But I'm going to tell you who he is in the standpoint he's a king. And he has a kingdom. And in his kingdom, he reveals himself as king. Now, I won't know what you think about a king and what a kingdom is like, but it's different than what you've grown up in here in America, I can assure you of that. So I want you to take your Bible or your phone, and here's what we're going to do, okay? I'm going to open up with the first couple of discussions, okay? You say, well, you ain't told us much yet. I know. This is Holy Spirit 101. We're going to let the Holy Spirit develop some conversations with you, okay? But your Bible, either there's a paper Bible, if you don't have one on the table, there's your phone, whatever you want to use. But I'm not going to put a lot of this on the screen for you. You're going to have to look at it. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7 reveal some of the most amazing teachings about the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7 reveal some of the most amazing things about the kingdom of God. Now, where Jesus preached this from was what we know as the Sermon on the... That's right. So my wife was able to go with me to Israel. The couple, I've lost track of time completely. Whenever it was before the world went upside down, we went to Israel together. And uh, so this, uh, this is a picture from the, the, the Mount of Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus preached overlooking the Sea of Galilee. He would have been probably on the lower side while the crowd sat up as almost an amphitheater. And then, so there's that. I don't know if you saw the one of Haley and I. We were in there somewhere. Oh, yeah, there's us. But you get a better idea of, obviously, the fence wasn't there during Jesus' time, but there is a fence. There would have been the sea and all this. And the, the backdrop, the reason I give you this is because the backdrop of the Sermon on the Mount is about the kingdom of God. He was not preaching this as trying to help you figure out how to be a good little Christian. He was informing you, if you want to know how my kingdom works, I'm about to break it down for you in the greatest sermon that was ever preached. This is my kingdom. So when you break down Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that's what you say. So here's what I want you to do. I want you at your tables, somebody who's brave, someone at your table will read this. You're going to read chapter, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, and then you're going to ask yourself this question. What contrast do you see between the kingdom of God and this kingdom? You say, oh man, well that's, that's like, <clears throat> okay, all right, let me think about that a minute. That's what you're going to do. You'll read chapter, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, okay? If you run out of time, it's like, man, I'm just a, one of those like really studious Christians and I'm just, I blew right through that. I got another question for you, okay? And we'll put these on the screen for you, I think, if we have them. The guys, if you can put all three of them up there real quick so they can see them on the screen. <clears throat> While they do that, I'll just go and tell you this. So you don't, Matthew chapter 5 and verses 1 through 12. And you can look, Matthew, do you guys have them or no? Yeah. Okay, all right, good deal. So, and then what we're going to do also is another question. I'll just tell you this so you can hear it. There you go. So the first one is, what contrast do you see? Thank you, Jesus. This is why you have your Bibles at your tables. Here we go. Ready? So I'll, t- I'll go through this as you go. Just start right now with one of you at your tables. Just read Matthew 5, 1 through 12 out loud so everybody can hear it. Just you between your tables and then ask yourselves these questions. 
what contrast do you see between the kingdom of God and the kingdom that you live in right now? Just go ahead and start that right now, and I'll interrupt you here in a minute. All right, all right, all right. Okay, good. Lots of talking, lots of conversation there. I'm going to let you preach to each other here again in just a minute. Hopefully, if anything else, let me just tell you one thing I heard. If anything else, I just heard a room filled with people speaking the word of God out loud at their tables. If there's nothing else that happens today, that right there ought to do something for your life spiritually. And you know what? You ought to do this every day. Just reading. Maybe you take a moment to read those chapters. You know, nobody's around you. If they think you're crazy, whatever, who cares? Read your Bible out loud sometimes. I mean, I have to do it because my mind gets distracted on stuff. So I'll stop and I'll read like this. And I'll, I'm going to read to you as we go forward here. Matthew chapter 7, that last question. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 29. I'm going to read it to you. All right? And uh, you can look at it on your phone, on the Bible in front of you. I'm using the same translation, by the way, that's on your table, okay? The New Living, I'm just making it easy, so I'm keeping it like that the whole month, okay? So Jesus said this about the kingdom. Remember, this is a message about the kingdom. It's not about how to live your life to be good and better. It's about the kingdom. Everything on this mountain was preached about the kingdom. And when you understand that, that you live in his kingdom, if you will, under his authority, what he's saying right now is not about you constructing the best little home with four windows and whatever. This is something he's saying spiritually to understand about his kingdom. He says, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it, they are foolish. They are like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and the floods come against it and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And when the crowds had finished, uh, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Not as, they were amazed at miracles too, but they were amazed at his teaching. Why? Listen to what he says next. Because he taught with real authority. My words are truth, my words are life, and they that find them, they are healing to their flesh. Don't misunderstand what you have right here. This is not principles just for living good. This is principles of the kingdom. And when we follow these principles, they do something for us. Because watch this, the rains hit both homes. Did you see that? Floods come to both homes. Got a little experience in that? Destruction happens in, let me just say it this way, COVID hits Christians and non-Christians. It doesn't matter. You are not immune to this world that you were born into. What he's saying though, in my kingdom, things operate a little bit different. When the stuff comes at your house, if you build your life on my words and listen to my teachings, you'll be able to withstand the storm. You might lose a shutter, but you won't lose the house. You understand what I mean? You might lose the front porch, but you know what? That's okay. The foundation is still there. Something might happen. And here's what you need to understand about this kingdom. You live in a kingdom that is not his kingdom. This kingdom, if you don't know this by now, has another someone who is trying to come against you consistently. If you wonder, why does this stuff happen? I'm going to tell you why. Because there is an enemy out there 
that is trying to destroy God's kingdom. And believe it or not, I'm going to tell you something you may or may not believe, but, but he has the authority to go after you. Because see, Adam, in the book of Genesis, we already read this, but Adam is considered, when you read this in the first book of the Bible, you'll see that Adam was given all authority to subdue the earth. It means he had the authority to kick the enemy out of his garden, but he didn't. He turned it over, the dominion that God gave him, he turned it over to Satan. If you don't believe that, you say, well, I don't believe that. It don't matter what you believe. The truth is in God's word, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. He is the God of this world who blinds the heart of them that believe not. He is the God of this world. He is. That's why Jesus said to John and others, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That means there's two different kingdoms at war with one another. And you better understand that he's trying to take you down. You understand? I mean, I realized when I was sick at the first year, I realized real quick, like, some friends said, oh, it was like a cold to me, no big deal. I thought, hey, no big deal to me. I'll just get to Alka-Seltzer, I'll be all right. By week three, I was thinking, you know, this might be more than just like, a, maybe I'm, you know, not just physical things, maybe it's a spiritual. You know, you think, when you're real sick, all of a sudden you have revelations, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'll eat, drink fruit juice, I've done everything. This is worse than my buddies, what's going on? Because he doesn't like you. You're of a different kingdom. You're in a kingdom that he wanted, but he has no authority in. And as long as you're in God's authority, you have authority over him. Even though things go crazy here, you do have authority. And it's real authority. Because Jesus' words were ones of real authority. And when you use his words, guess what's back in you? His authority. But now if you use your words, it ain't nothing much to that. Well, I'll just tell you one thing. I don't like how this is going on and just the devil's always doing this and I just feel like I can't get ahead, blah, blah, blah. Those words right there will kill you. You better put something else in your mouth. Yeah, I know it's coming at me, but you know what? I know this much is true. The Bible says that I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me and gave himself for me. So that's what I'm going to stand on. Yeah, but you don't look like a conqueror. Well, I know it don't look like it. It don't feel like it either. To tell you the truth, it don't even want to act like it. But he said I am. Someone believe what he says because his words have authority. And Ephesians 6 tells us this. He says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is why we have to go to the king for help. We must not be of this attitude and position that we have all the answers. If we do, then we don't need the king. But in a kingdom, we submit to the authority of the one that rules. And this is very important. Before I give you these next uh, couple of questions to talk about, I read this because I want you to, um, to think about this. When storm hit, when, uh, when storms come your way, recognize uh, if they're natural, that's one thing, but recognize if it's from the enemy or not. You pretty much know when it is. If it's a normal thing, oh, you got a flat tire. You know, I'm not saying, I don't think the devil stuck a thumbtack in your, you know, tire. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, go see Bert. He'll take care of you, okay? <clears throat> you buy your tires from him, free flats for the rest of your life. It's pretty cool. So, <clears throat> but if, 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 you know, if you're running up against a wall all the time, it's the same thing. You're bombarded by fear. Well, fear has torment, and that's not from God. You might want to check and see what's coming at you. 
might not be an emotional thing. It might be a spiritual thing. Well, I don't feel I can ever get ahead. Well, there may be something in how you're doing things that don't follow the principles of God's kingdom, and therefore the enemy is coming at you and stealing from you. I mean, he, Jesus said he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If it's doing that, mark it right there who it is. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. Well, how do you get that? From his word. His word has authority. So, in a king, in a kingdom, I'm going to give you three questions right here. And I want you to discuss these three questions. If your view is a king, like the king of Britain, that we came out from under as a country, you have the wrong view of a king. Because that's not Jesus. He's not that type of king. A good king is one who lifts up his people and doesn't suppress them. A good king wants his land to be in prosperity and blessing and not poverty and sickness and death. A good king really loves and cares for his people. We're not talking about a tyrant here. We're talking about a majestic king. So out of these verses I just read to you, and the, talk, the teaching of building your life on his word. Here's three questions I want you to ask yourself, or the people around you at your table. Any one of the three, you can go down the line if you like order. <laughs> you can bounce around if you're ADD, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter to me how you want to do it. You know, if it's me, I'd probably bounce around a little bit, sorry. But <clears throat> you can do any one you want to do. It's fine with me, okay? But I want you to ask these three questions to yourself. So turn to the people at your table right now. We'll give you about five or six minutes here to discuss these three questions. I'll put them on the screen for you there. Okay, so I'll read them to you. Jesus is king, but he is also, he's most often viewed as what do you think most people view him as? I'm not giving you the answer. It's what do you think most people view him as? He is a king, but what do most people think he is? Do you feel it is difficult to build our lives on his kingdom teachings? Be honest. Talk, ask, you know, ask that question. And what are a few reasons we struggle to build our lives on the teachings of Jesus? All right, those three questions. You've got about five minutes here to discuss between you. Turn to the people right there. Like, oh, man, I have no Bible to read now. I don't know what to do. It's okay. If you get nervous, go back and read that last verse I gave you, Matthew 7, and, and just read that if it helps. But, but there you go. Talk amongst yourself. Ask those three questions right there. You've got five minutes, all right? All right, all right, all right, all right. So... <clears throat> What I want to do now is, as you're finishing up there and wrapping up your, your conversation with each other, uh, one of the things that you probably got to hear is different opinions or different thoughts or different ideas. The beauty of the Gospels is this, really all of the Bible. There is doctrine, which we could establish and teach and show from Scripture. There is clear doctrine. But there's also <clears throat> the same way that the Gospels reveal in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John a different side of the, the Christ, if you will, the Holy Spirit also knows you, and he knows each one of you at the table. You're each different. You know, for me, I see Jesus as a conqueror. For me, it helps me to know that he's victorious, and I see him as one that is, he is, he is not just some meek, weak hippie with flip-flops walking through the sands of Israel. You know what I'm saying? I see him as what the Bible says I'll read in a moment, but I see him as a king. But he's not just a king. And some of you see different things in that. So you may, for the first time, think about, well, he's a king. Wow. I've always had a negative view of kings, but a good king. That's what we're talking about. That's who Jesus is. But the Holy Spirit knows how to reveal to you what you need in different ways to bring himself more to light and more real to you in, in your life. So today, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to share with you a little bit about him as a king. I'll let you talk. I fear that's probably enough 
for you guys, some of you, okay, thank you, Pastor Jody, I'm about to hyperventilate, okay, it's it's okay, it's it's all right, Uh, iron sharpens iron, you know, don't forget that, we talk about a bunch of stuff that means nothing, but when you, when you speak his words, uh, uh, it, it does something different, it'll change the room, it'll change your home, so, Jesus, though, is the king. So when we read about Jesus Christ, his name, Jesus Christ, Jesus is his name that was given to him um, by his mama and his daddy, okay? Um, Or his stepdad, if you will. But Messiah, or the Christ, is one that was given to him by his father in heaven, if you will. That was the name assigned to him was Christ. Christ is not the last name of Mary and Joseph. Christ means Messiah. Translation, it means the anointed one. That's important to understand because if Christ is anointed, what was he anointed with? Old school. <clears throat> school, we say the yoke destroying, burden removing, power of God. You know, it's cool like that. I can't preach like that, but that's what they say. Yoke destroying, burden removing, power of God. I mean, it was cool, man. Brother be sweating and stuff, hankies, you know, all that stuff. He's just handkerchiefs. But I thought, I'd be cool if I could do that. I can't do that. I'd probably choke if I tried. <clears throat> I'm about choke doing that, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> but he was anointed with power to destroy the works of the devil. That's what he was anointed with. So, a king means nothing if he only has a title. He has to have real authority. And real authority over his enemies. And Jesus had real authority and still has authority. And by the way, he's given that authority to you, his church. The authority over the devil. Why is that important? Because he is the Christ. He was placed in this earth. And it's very interesting when you read Matthew 1. I'm not going to read all this to you, but I want you to see a couple of things. So in your phone or the Bible in front of you, whatever, but just Matthew chapter 1. I want to show you a couple of things, okay? Matthew chapter 1, you're going to see a long line of genealogical reports. Ancestry.com, baby, right there in Matthew chapter 1. So in Matthew 1, he starts with Abraham. Now what you're going to see in this genealogy chart is the genealogy of Joseph, his stepfather. And, And when we get to, by the way, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew and Luke are the only two gospel writers that give you the genealogical proof of Christ and his, his, his lineage. The other two gospels, they don't do that, and there's a reason why we'll talk about it later. But in Matthew, he gives you the lineage of Joseph, his stepfather. Why? Because the prophetic word that went forth, that his seed would come forth from Abraham. The Christ would be born. Even in Genesis, it was prophesied about him that when the devil came into and, and tried to destroy everything, and he stole, if you will, Adam gave him the authority. God said to him then, he said, listen, you know what's going to happen one day? The seed of this woman, or the, the, the talking about the, not the seed of the woman, but the, 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 birth, the baby of this, this woman that's coming through this lineage here, the, her child, one day there's going to be a child that comes through this lineage, and what happens is he, he's going to step on your head, you know what I'm saying? He's gonna, you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to step on your neck. You think you got something right now, you wait till he shows up. When he shows up, you're going to run scared. And that was a prophetic word that went out. So when you see in Matthew... He doesn't really start with Adam as much as he starts with Abraham. Why? Because Abraham was the promise that was also given. It said, through your seed, all the nations shall be blessed. 
There's not one thing that you can go to in any of all of history and find that the blessing for all nations comes through except through Jesus Christ. It's the one thing, salvation, through Jesus Christ that can be given to anybody anywhere at any time for free. The only thing, everything else has rules, religion, or stipulations to it. This is the only thing. And the blessing of God that was to be given out, it came through Abraham. So he starts with Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He goes through a number of lists here, and he gets to around verse 6, and he says, Jesse was the father of King David. Now, you know about King David. King David was a good king. He made a lot of mistakes, but he was a good king. And if you think of wondering why did God let him deal, you know, when he made all the mistakes he made, why did God put up with him when he didn't put up with some of these other kings? It's because David was a good king. He failed miserably in many places, But his heart was, I want to do right by these people. Except for a few. (laughs) But for the most part, he did the right things. You see the lineage of that. You go on down, you see Solomon. You see Rehoboam. You get on going down, and you get down to around uh, verse 11. You see Josiah, who was the father of Jehoiakim and his brothers. Now, this is when these two cats did so much evil. His The youngest boy was around, I think, uh, maybe... I don't know, he might have only been a king for a couple of years. He was so evil. They, they did so much evil inside the Lord. God said, that's it, I'm done with y'all. And it looks like the lineage is over. But it's not. He keeps going through this, and you see on down, after the Babylonian exile, it picks up again. He gives these couple of guys there. Verse 12, Jehoiakim was the father of Shealtel. He was the father of Zerubbabel. You remember him? He's the guy we read about that rebuilt the temple after the exile. He's going on down through the names. He gets on down and he gets on down to about Eleazar. Methan. Methan was the father of Jacob. Watch what happens right here, verse 16. Jacob was the father of Joseph. Here's the lineage of the king of the world. But watch the shift. He was the father of Joseph. Watch. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of of Mary. Did you notice the shift in the work? It was all about this dad begat this son. This dad begat this son. It went now, ancestry.com. And all of a sudden, there's a, like, a break in the tree branch. Whoa, 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 whoa. Joseph, he's, he's the husband of Mary? No begats for him? It's because God did something right here. And it says, Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. The reason why is because God said, I'm going to send a king, but I need a king that's not like your earthly kings. I need a king that will represent my kingdom, not your kingdom. And if you don't know this, I'm not trying to be too graphic, but biologically, if you think about this, why is it that the Bible says that all of us have been born into sin? All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Is because your genealogy is filled with sin you go to your daddy I don't care how good a daddy you got I don't care if he's the best daddy in the world I don't care if my girl's got the best daddy they, you know what I'm saying I mean, they got a great daddy it don't matter I was born into sin you know why? because the seed of a man passed through birth happened and now that infant as cute as they are just sitting in that little pretty little nurse let me tell you what They got sin in them. This is why Jesus said, if you want to live like me, you must be, watch, 
born. I have been born not of this world, but of another kingdom. That's why God says you are not the same person. You have been recreated in Christ Jesus. Old things, watch. Passed away, new genealogy chart started. We are now sons and daughters of the Most High God. Not of this world. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see the shift that happened right here? He's a king in a kingdom that's better than this one that we have right here. And so he's the Christ. He's the anointed one. And this is what the Bible tells us about him in Acts. That you're serving this kind of king. That he talks about Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one. How that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. That he went around doing good. Healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. That's the kind of king that you are in family with right now. And he's a king not over just Christians. This is what is messed up right now with the world. We have forgotten that we are not, you know, those UFOs that we're not alone. We really are not alone. There really is a king. And the Bible says about, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. Romans 14, 11 says, For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance, praise to God. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is king. Every, I don't care if every atheist, agnostic, Christian who thought they was and was it, it doesn't matter what you think, believe it, one day, every knee will bow. Because he's a king. And I don't care, we, this whole silly little business we talk about sometimes with Jesus is my best friend, Jesus is my boy, no, he's a king. You, you will not go into the throne and say, what's up Jesus, what's up man, you're my man. No, you will. And then you're like, oh my goodness. Oh, it's really him. Oh, it's him. And before you even probably notice him, you're going to see all these angels and all this other stuff he's been talking about. It's going to freak you out so much so. This little cool Jesus thing, we like, oh, he's my boy. He, he might be your boy. I mean, like your bud, okay? But first and foremost, he is a king. And in his kingdom, it works differently than this kingdom. And it says about Jesus, and I'm wrapping up here in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 12. This is your king. You can see this on the screen so we can move through this. But it says in Revelation 19, 12, his eyes are like flames of fire. And on his head were many crowns. I love that. A, one, a king has one crown. Jesus has many crowns. He's even, even in that, he's the king of all kings, right? And it says on his name, a name was written on him that no one understood except himself. And he wore a robe dipped in blood. And watch this. His title is what? So when you read his word, it's not just a Bible study. This is kingdom authority, his word from the king speaking to you. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses. And from his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. That means no monkey business. If you're, it doesn't mean if you're red, white, and blue, it doesn't matter. We love to think that we're just so safe over here because we're America. I'm telling you right now. You better make sure you're serving Jesus in this country right now. Because if, if we keep going down the path and we don't turn as a nation, it will get worse. And you just, I'm not trying to be a doom and gloom guy. Oh, what is me? No, 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 I'm not that. You live for this king, not this king. 
But if we don't turn as a nation, you're going to see some worse things. So you live for Jesus. So why? So you can overcome those things. But he says he will rule them with an iron rod. God help us all that we don't get to that point. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, the juice flowing from a wine press. And on his robe and his thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of all lords. In Matthew, when you read this week, this is what you're going to see. He is a king. And he has a kingdom. And in his kingdom, he has certain things that he has established. And in those establishments, he doesn't waver. In one of those areas he's not going to waver is this, and I'm going to be very clear with you here this morning. If you're watching online right now, you're listening to me in this room right here. If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus, you must be born again. It's not about being good. It's not about doing good works. It's not about trying to get it. I'm just telling you, you must be born again. It doesn't mean you're perfect either, by the way. I'm not perfect. Ask my family. They're at table two. Ask them. I don't know if it's, I don't know the number is. I'm just being funny. <clears throat> I just made it up. thought it sounded kind of cool. <laughs> table two, my family, you know. Ask them. They'll tell you. I'm not perfect. I've had to apologize to my children numerous times. I've had to apologize to Haley <laughs> hundreds of times. I'm not perfect, but I've been born again. I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm trying to submit to Jesus. So you're in this room, you're watching on TV right now, I want to pray for you. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads just right there where you are. If you're watching online, you're in this room right now, I want to tell you something. You must be born again. If you're going to live in his kingdom, there is no, well, I just want to come to church and get, there's none of that. Well, I just, you know, I will think I'll be okay if I, no, there is none of that. It's either you submit to the lordship of Jesus and say yes to him, save me, Jesus, and become born again, or he will say, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just being real. He will say, depart from me for I never knew you. That's, that's a king talking to you right there. That's not your best buddy. Your buddy might let you in. Jesus won't let you in unless you are his. Period. So right where you are, I want to pray for you. In this room, we're all going to pray together. If you're online, we're going to pray this together right now. If you need to be saved, you say, I don't know Jesus, but I want to. I want him to save my heart right now, save my life. Pray this prayer with me. This whole church is going to pray with you right now. Say, dear Jesus... I come to you today, and I give you my life. I recognize, Lord, that you are a king, and I must be born again. So I ask you to save me, to forgive me, and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life, and I submit to your teachings. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church? Would you give him a hand right there? Fantastic, fantastic. All right, so listen, if you're watching online, they're going to take it from there for you. Uh, if you're in this room right now, if you are new here or you want to know more about walking with God, you need some help, uh, we will help you. If you'll just fill out something very simple for us, connect.cornerstonerome.com. We will help you get started walking with God. Okay, if you need help in any of the areas of, of, of discipleship, we're going to be doing some more things in the upcoming months. Um, we're kind of given this month to kind of work through this, and then we're going to be uh, uh, establishing groups again, those kind of things officially. But I really want to stress the importance of getting in a group, small group at some point, okay? 
As you can see, it's not that difficult. You can do it, right? And, uh, you know, maybe you found a friend today. Who knows? Um, but that's what we're going to do. So, hey, if you don't mind, stand to your feet real quick. I'm going to pray a prayer. Before we go, I want you to pray with me for this. Um, so I've got one of my buddies is in the hospital uh, with this junk going on. And I've got two of my pastor buddies who uh, have this mess. And, you know, I thought for sure this was over. We moved on. And I think we are. I just think it's just got some hit and miss stuff. But, my, you know, I know we've all been impacted by it in different ways. But right now, two of our uh, dear friends in the Lord that are pastoring churches are, are at home with this. Um, they're sick. And I don't want them to go through what I went through. It's, it's, it wasn't fun at all. So would you just join me right now? I'm going to pray for them. And um, my buddy is in the hospital watching right now as well. Uh, so, and then we'll dismiss, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you right now, Lord. And God, we ask you, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over our city, over our county. God, we ask you, Lord, to intervene in the hospitals. Lord, I thank you for these nurses right now that, God, I thank you for what they're doing right now in the hospital. I pray in the name of Jesus you'd help them. Help them just to stand strong during this as they minister and help people that we love. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus that you would heal. Lord, I thank you for every believer right now that's submitted to you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the healing power of Jesus. God, would you fill their rooms, touch their bodies, God. And Lord, like we were worshiping earlier, Lord, it is, it's your breath, Lord, that you have given us. So God, we worship you and we thank you, God, that you heal our lungs, Lord. I thank you, God, that you watch over and protect our kids, our families, our homes. In the name of Jesus, <clears throat> Lord, and I thank you for my brothers and Lord that pastor churches, great churches in our city. And I lift them up to you right now, Lord, and I ask you to heal their bodies. God, I, in the name of Jesus, fill their room with your peace and your love and your mercy so they can preach that gospel again. I thank you, God, for watching over their churches and keep them safe and protected. And I just thank you for all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Hey, God bless you guys so much. Before you go, I'm going to speak it over you. I know he's going to be like, well, he ain't going to pray over us. Yeah, I'm going to pray over you too. All right, we'll put this up there for you. Numbers chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Man, God bless you so much. We'll see you next week. You're dismissed. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.